social media also is, you know, it's curated and it tells a story and it tells a well curated story that sort of works with the frame of what people are talking about. Meaning, you know, if I just talk about my own story of my own life, I can tell, you know, I had this dream 27, I had this meltdown, you know, then I decided to become a therapist and blah, blah, blah. And I, and, and the thing is, so now here I'm in my late forties. Now I can say to you very clearly, like, see, these are all how things added up. Welcome to Let's Thrive the Podcast, a place for holistic storytelling with none of the BS and a whole lot of fun. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and my mission is to interview guests that inspire, educate, and empower you to live your best life. In these stories, you will see a part of your own journey reflected in theirs and learn to grow from it. And with that said, let's thrive. Welcome back to Let's Thrive the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels. And I'm so happy to be back at it. Before this episode comes out, I'll be sharing a solo one explaining a little podcast break I went on. And it feels so good to be back behind the mic, recording, talking to nobody, but imagining all of you listening. (laughs) It's a sunny Saturday morning here in Austin, Texas. The sun is actually glaring right into my eyes right now. I can barely see the screen in front of me, but... We're going with it, you know, sunshine, that vitamin D, secondhand exposure per se. But anyway, yes, it's a Saturday and I'm actually not working, which if you follow along, you may know I serve, well, I was a server and now I'm in a, a supervisor role at the cafe here in Austin that I work at, Two Hands Cafe. And I always work the weekends. I mean, it's like once in a blue moon that I get a Saturday or a Sunday off or I get it off completely. And because of some weird scheduling stuff, I now have this Saturday completely off. And I hate to be this person, but I I don't like it. (laughs) I don't know what to do with myself. I'm like, what do I do? I mean, I have my own stuff to do and I have, you know, work for my other job to do. But at the end of the day, it's just, it's so odd to be off on a Saturday. Like, what is this? Who is she? What will she do? I'm actually about to go walk with a friend, so that'll be fun. But (laughs) all of that aside, I'm just so excited to be coming back at it with the podcast. And I thought this was a neat episode to really start things off again with. It's with uh, millennial psychotherapist Tess Brigham. And it's a conversation essentially on this journey I've been on and the journey many of you probably are on of just feeling a little lost or unsure uncertain in life and trying to find that way to redirect yourself or to start again or to pursue the next thing but kind of being in that limbo between them right and I've been there I am still in there I'll be there for a few years now but Tess's work is all about being there to help support us and life in that 20 something time frame we all go through you know it can start as early as 18 and go until we're in our mid-30s, but I feel like for most of us, it's that chunk between probably like 20 and 28, maybe a little bit older, I don't know. And the work she does just really helps you to dive deep and reflect on what's working in your life, what's not. And so that way, if you are feeling a little unsure, a little uncertain in career or relationships or just life in general, you can then really evaluate where do I go next? What's the next step? You know, essentially just like, what is happening here? (laughs) And I mean, Tessa's whole thing began after she had her own entire situation, struggles going through this, not sure what she wanted from life, what she was doing, and feeling very just 
unmotivated and lost and frustrated with that. And I, I feel that. I mean, I go in and out of these just like waves of feelings and emotions where at one moment I feel like I'm on top of the world, right? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm doing this, this, and this, and I have this potential and this opportunity. Like, look at me, go. And then just as easily flip the switch and I'm just like, wow, Emily, you are a failure. You left college. What are you doing? What's your, like, what's your goal? Where are you taking this? Like, who do you think you are? What are you doing? And I used to feel much more alone in that and feel like kind of like an outcast of why can't I just pick something and go with it. But the more and more people I connect with and the more conversations I have, I start to see just how normal this is. Like it is a normal cycle and process and just time of our lives to go through. So I'm really hoping that this episode can bring you a bit of comfort or guidance or whatever you need truly to just realize that you can be a high achiever and happy all at once. Like you shouldn't have to sacrifice what you want and what you love just for what's expected of you. Expectations, my friend, they can be great, but they can also be not so great. And so in this episode, you can expect us. (laughs) No, we're not saying expect us. In this episode, You'll be hearing us discuss what Tessa's own, you know, sort of life crisis turned career situation was, expectations from society, and how to really reframe your mindset around those pressures, uh, discovering what works best for you, and also labeling what does not work for you, shifting gears once you've already started or once you, you know, aren't too sure about the path you're currently on, and then just overall getting a new perspective on what success or happiness or contentment means to you and how that might help you in this sort of limbo stage to make the decision for that next step, that step forward, whatever it is. And so please let us know if this resonates. I think it's a conversation that we could all use and it might relate to people in a bunch of different ways. But I know even listening back to it, I just had a lot of head nodding along. Yes. Oh yeah, that, that be me (laughs) moment. So I really hope it's the same for you. And if so, you can always connect. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode or any episode or just your thoughts in general. Maybe you have a struggle, something you're going through. Um, send it on through to me on Instagram at Emily Feichels, and I'd love to connect, chat, work it out with you. Tess is also has her website, her social media, the work she does. I'll have it all linked below through her website so you can find it there. But otherwise, I really hope you enjoy this episode. I appreciate you all so, so much. I'm so happy to be back. And without further ado, let's begin. Well, to really like dive right in and start out since, you know, we just connected not too long ago either. I'd love if you could just give, you know, a little explanation, insight into, you know, what it is that you're currently doing, you know, in this, in this season of life and um, just give people an idea of what it is we're going to be talking about today. And then we can dive into, you know, the topics and uh, everything that we're here to discuss. Sure. So I am a licensed psychotherapist and I'm a board certified coach and I specialize in helping young adults, you know, figure out who they are, what they want, what life's all about. Um, and I been doing this for over, you know, I've been working with people for over 15 years, but the last 10 years I've really dedicated. It was once millennials, <laughs> millennials are getting older. Um, and I still do have a lot of millennial clients, but, um, you know, there's a whole new generation and, 
Um, and especially with the world being what it has been in the last year, you know, there's a real need for um, someone to help, you know, young people figure out who they are, what they want, what life's all about. And so that they can be, you know, more confident in their thirties and forties and fifties. I mean, that's the whole point to do it better, better than the previous generations. Yeah, no, and I think that's what's neat, right? You said that things are shifting now as generations are shifting and there's aging happening, but it's probably neat to see nevertheless, just how, when you can work with people in that phase of life, in that stage, the impact that has moving forward and also the impact that's going to have on generations coming up. And I'm, I'm, I'm Gen Z, I'm 21, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's interesting even for me to see, I have a lot of friends that, well, most of my friends are millennials and just to see the the differences between all of us, yet the things that are very similar as well. It's neat. So I guess I'm, I'm curious, kind of backtracking a bit, is, did you get into this field of work because this is something you experienced? Like, were you one of those people that kind of knew what you were doing from the start? Or was this something you fell into after struggling yourself through it? Yeah, I mean, I, it was definitely something I fell into. It, there's sort of two parts to it where how I ended up working with young adults, I always say that millennials found me. I did not. Mm-hmm. I, about 10 years ago, opened up a practice in downtown San Francisco. I'm located in the Bay Area and um, not really knowing who to expect. And young adults started showing up 25, 26, 27, primarily young women. And um, it was, I was like, oh, these are these millennials I've heard so much about. Everyone's been complaining about them all the time. And, and um, you know, I had spent part of my 20s in San Francisco, part of it in LA. And, um, but I remember being young and in San Francisco and I was like, oh yeah, this, was, this is what it was like to be young. This is what it was like to be young here in the Bay Area. And um, it, it But then it occurred to me, I was like, oh, wait a second, you know, this is so radically different than how it was when I was young, that with social media and the internet and the world changing so much and the fact that we're all available 24-7, it does, it's, they, my clients have had a very different experience in their first phase of working and in life than I did. And, and I also felt like millennials were getting a really bad rap that, the people that I was meeting with weren't entitled or lazy or didn't think they were special snowflakes. That wasn't what was going on at all. They were really this first generation that was reacting to a world that was radically different than how things had been before. And, um, and so for me, I, you know, I had a, but I had part of it was, it wasn't until I got to that point where these young people started showing up that I started to put the pieces together and go, Oh, wait a second. Yeah. I also went through a quarter life crisis and that's how I ended up in where I am now. And all of that. Cause I always thought my dream when I was a kid was to work in entertainment. Like I wanted to be, you know, for a while I wanted to be the next female Martin Scorsese. I wanted to direct films. And then I realized I really don't like being on sets. Um, I don't like doing this. And I then started working. Um, behind the scenes and doing PR. And then I moved to representing actors and I did that in San Francisco for a little while. And then I went to LA and I did it there for a little while. And I was 27 and I was, you know, I kind of had, it was like on my way. I had things, I was right where I, you know, wanted to be or dreamed of being. And I was really miserable, really, really unhappy. And I had my own personal just sort of meltdown and left quit the business, left LA, came back to the Bay area 
and had to figure out for myself, like, what is it I'm going to do? And that's a lot of what I see with my clients is, you know, people tend to get on right two different paths after college. One being like myself, this is my dream. This is what I'm going towards. This is, I'm going to make it happen. And at 27, 28, realizing like, oh, wait a second, you know, this isn't really what I want to do. I'm making choices and decisions for my lifetime that I made for myself when I was 12. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other group of people who, you know, they never quite knew what they wanted to do. And so it's a lot of fumbling around trying to figure it out, but nonetheless, the process and the feelings of uncertainty and failure and all of that are all the same. It's pretty, it's very universal. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just being portrayed and experienced in different ways. And I want to hit on that, the bit you shared there about that narrative, right? That it was, it was said about millennials. It can be said about Gen Z's, whatever that idea from other, other people of this like laziness or entitlement or whatever it is. And I think that we are slowly seeing a shift away from this idea that self-care and self-prioritization, all these things are in fact, lazy or entitled or anything. When in reality, we're seeing that when we take the time to care for ourselves and to make sure that we can fill our cup before caring for others, Mm -hmm. when we take the time to figure out, you know, like what career we're meant to be meant to be in or what fulfills us, anything like that, we can see how when you do those things for the self, it actually has such a greater impact on those around you, right? And whether Mm. that's the field you work in, the people you work with, um, yourself, your family, whatever it is. And so it's, it's been neat to see that shift away from, you know, that mindset. And mm-hmm. I'm someone, I went to college for a week and just quickly realized this is not meant for me. I don't know what I want to do. And the past two year, two and a half years have been complete fumbling, like mm-hmm. trying everything I can, putting myself out there. But along the way, it's been kind of experiencing those things you were just talking about, right? Like the uncertainty of like, what am I supposed to be doing? What do people think of me doing this? Like, all these things. And so I kind of want to talk a bit here about, you mentioned this earlier, but just like the role that social media has in this Mm -hmm. all, right. Um, That's something I'm a big component, you know, it's a big part of my life. It's something that is a big part of most of our lives. And it's just taken such a shift in regards to career and social life and mental health and all these aspects. So how have you seen social media really impact like this entire phenomenal, right? Like with the people you work with, what has been the role of social media in this sort of like angst, figuring out what I'm doing with my life situation? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it plays a huge role. And I think even for people who are like, I'm not big on social media, it plays a role in their lives as well. I mean, it, it, whether we want, whether, whether you're constantly on social media or not, it does play a role in our lives. You know, it is, it, it affects all of us. And, um, you know, it's been really, it's been really interesting to see because I think that what older people, what older people know, right. Is this time of your life. It is so right. You're making a lot of, you're, you're doing a lot of things. You're putting yourself out there in different ways. You're fumbling around, you know, things feel really awkward. And what's really hard is it's almost kind of like, imagine having a video camera, you know, when you're going through puberty, you know, imagine like, and someone's videotaping every single moment of it. 
And I think anybody, no matter what age you would be, if, if, if the image of you at your, at your, you know, gawkiest and strangest, like that, the idea of that being captured is so scary. And it's like, well, that is what's happening for young people, whether they want it or not, you know, everything is being recorded. And, and then, you know, other people argue and say, well, they're putting it out there. And it's like, well, yeah, but you know, if you're not part of social media, then you feel like you're missing out on something. Mm -hmm. If you're on there all the time, you know, you, you feel bad about your life. If you're not on there that much, you feel like you're missing out. Like you can't win with this stuff. It is so, it is so hard to figure out how to manage it in your life, but it's incredibly difficult because I mean, there's been lots of research done on this. You know, people who spend more than 20 minutes a day on Facebook, um, have higher rates of depression, like study after study has shown that being on social media creates a lot of anxiety and depression for people. And the more you're on it, the, the, the higher it is. And so this isn't made up in our minds. And I think that even if, and I know for myself, listen, I'm in my forties. Like I know when I go on social media, I feel very secure in my life and the choices that I made and where I am. But when I go on social media and I see a friend who's like in Bali or, you know, somewhere I'm wondering like, what did I go wrong? Like, why am I not in Bali? You know, yes. or you see someone who looks fabulous in a bathing suit and you're like, well, why don't I look great in a bathing suit? You know, I mean, so that stuff, you can't get away from any of that and that feeling of it. So imagine you know, your brain doesn't fully form until you're 25. So imagine being in a point in your life where your brain hasn't fully formed and you're trying to make all these decisions about yourself. And then there's this thing that is literally attached. You know, we have these phones attached to our hands that, that are, you know, we can get to at a moment's notice that are constantly making us feel bad about ourselves, doubting all the decisions that we made, you know, making us feel like we're missing out on things, making us feel bad about ourselves. Like, it is, a, it is, it's a constant. And, you know, I have a few minutes in a line somewhere I'm on social media, scrolling, 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 going, mm -hmm. oh, what am I doing? Stop. I don't need to be doing this. But I think that's the part that's really important for the older generations to understand about young people and that for young people to understand that this is not, you know, this is in many ways, a big giant social experiment that we're doing with social media. We don't know, nobody knows. Mm -hmm. And the millennial, millennials, Gen Z is like, these are the first generations that are really experiencing all of this. And, and I think that the internet and social media and the impact that it's had on our lives is really, it's changed so much. I, you know, if you go back and look, you know, like, yeah, okay. The invention of the car was, yeah, that's big, but didn't impact us on this level. Yeah. There's been very little that's happened in the last hundred years that has impacted us and our society and how we interact with each other and how we do things like the internet, like social media. And I mean, like, it's like the access part, like with that car, right. You know, like the car mm -hmm. was invented, but it wasn't automatically like everybody had a car and then there's everything, right. Like it took time. But like internet, I mean, more so now with social media, it's like most people have access to the internet. And so then it's like social media is free. It's readily available. It's like instant access, the most widespread burst of an invention per se that has, like you said, has probably ever really catapulted like in a yes. generations like this. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and you're right. And the 24 seven part, the access to it, where mm -hmm. it's across the board, it can be everybody has it. And, 
that we have 24 seven access to it and that there is no break from it. And I think that part is huge. It's, it's, it's enormous because we're now seeing this impact many years later of sleep and toxic productivity and all of these things that, that the social media and the internet have sort of played into. Right. And you said the, the brain is still forming, you know, until we're 25, which I hadn't realized. And I'm just thinking of how, you know, so many of us, we understand that children are impressionable, you know, and we know like if the parents don't want you swearing around them, don't swear on the children, you know, whatever it is, like all these little things, you know, that kids just soak in like a sponge and even teenagers, et cetera. But I think so often we forget that, you know, I guess up until we're 25, our brain is still forming and we're still open to, I mean, we're always open to impression, but probably still more so then. And to think of like how many impressions Instagram and social media in general is, you know, inflict and like inflicting on us is just crazy. And I'm thinking of all the times, like you said, you get on there and you feel fine about your life. And suddenly I'm like, why don't I have a college degree? Why don't I have a nine to five? Why don't I have, you know, a boyfriend in my own house and this car and this life? And it's just always crazy to me how we can have this like confidence in who we are and what we're doing. And within a few minutes of social media, that can just get so swept up and you can just be put into such a flurry of, oh, but what if, or mm-hmm. what about? And I don't know, that always, that always baffles me when it happens. Yeah. Well, and so then you can think about it. If you take it a step further, then you're, you know, our brain, we have something what 30,000 to 50,000 thoughts a day. So our brains are always going, thinking, thinking, thinking. And when I was younger, you know, I would, if I was feeling down or questioning my life or, or any of these things, like all I needed to do was just look around and go, well, we're all poor. None of us are driving fabulous cars. Like none of us are doing that great. We're all making about the same amount of money. Like we're all struggling well. And that was, that was, it sort of calmed the mind, right? Calmed your mind to being like, oh, okay. Yeah. I am where I need to be for my age and what's happening. Everybody else is confused, but what's happened now is, is that, you know, and especially with the pandemic and the fact that we've all been so isolated is, is that we aren't spending as much time in person with each other. We are mainly doing it, you know, online and, um, you know, we aren't seeing people. So for young people, what happens, especially this past year is you're sitting behind your computer all day long and the, what am I doing with my life? You know, what do I, how do I do this? You know, I, I'm confused. I'm lost, you know, whatever it is. And there's nowhere to turn to, there's nowhere to look, to get some sort of reassurance Mm -hmm. that you're where you should be. It's okay. It's part of a process. But then what happens is you go on social media and that just reinforces everything. And then that makes the anxiety worse. A big part of my job is, you know, sometimes it's just simply, you know, helping people like you are okay you know, every, it's going to be okay. You're where you're supposed to be. Don't, don't, don't let these other influences dictate how you're living your life. You're fine. But that's the part that's really hard is, is that social media also is, you know, it's curated and it tells a story and it tells a well curated story that sort of works with the frame of what people are talking about. Meaning, you know, if I just talk about my own story of my own life, I can tell, you know, I had this dream 27, I had this meltdown, you know, then I decided to become a therapist and blah, blah, blah. And I, and, and the thing is, so now here I'm in my late forties. Now I can say to you very clearly, like, see, these are all how things added up, but 
when you're in it, it's really hard. It's that Steve Jobs thing of connecting the dots. You can only do it looking backwards. Mm-hmm. But a lot of social media is that. It is these stories of, it's a lot of people telling you, I'm on this side of things. And this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. And then now I'm here and they've connected these dots. And so therefore, you know, this is, this is, this is my path or this is my story, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But what happens for a lot of young people is that they're in the beginning of their story. They're in the, the start of it. And so they're, they're going on social media, not only being reminded of um, all the things that they don't have, all the places they're not traveling, all the ways their life is not as great as this other person's, but they're also being given a lot of stories around, but I did this, this, and this, and now I'm here, you know, so that's what you should do. And so that's why I, a lot of clients who are calling me going, well, maybe I need to go back to school because this person went back to school. And then this happened, this happened. It's like, I don't know if that's what you should do. I don't know if that's your path, but that part it's, it's incredibly difficult for people to, especially when you're young and you don't have the path, you know, you don't know where you're going Mm -hmm. to really understand for yourself. Um, you know, what is the next right step? And that's a lot of the stuff that I work on is this idea of letting go of right or wrong and really focusing on yourself and what's right for you right now. Yeah. And I think that's the important part too, right? Is like what for this present moment, not, not trying to do something for a, you know, future expectation or trying to, you know, do something because of a past regret or past, whatever it is, like what is here and now in the present. And I think it was interesting what you're saying there, like, you know, I'm someone I'm, a, you know, micro content creator, but in the past year, I've had this mindset shift, right. Of understanding, like if I want to help people, right. And like kind of help them feel less alone or like they can relate or, you know, support them. It's like, I needed to shift how I was thinking about the words I was sharing. Right. Because I think it is very easy to give like the big life moments and those dots per se of like this, this, this happened now I'm here. And it's like, how more so could I like weave in the current experiences, right? Of like current emotions, current things that's going through. And I've found also that I'm very attracted to accounts doing something similarly, where it's less about like the the big moments or the story points and more about like present day experiences that are constantly shifting, right? And just these like a really real life look into like, yes, I have reached this point, but I'm still struggling with so many limiting beliefs. I'm still struggling with this body image piece, with this piece, with this piece. And I think that's like a needed reminder we all need, but I love just what you were saying there, because I I know I've done that myself. And I'm curious, like, is that what most people come to you with? Is just that idea of like, you know, I'm seeing everybody around me doing all these things. I feel lost in my life. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, is that one of like the biggest struggles that people are coming to you with? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot about the uncertainty and making decisions, right? Like those are the the big things, which is decision-making has always been a big issue for my clients. And I think that for young people, I mean, there's a couple different reasons for that. One is when you're young, you have tons of decisions, like in, in a strange way, right? You have all the options in the world, but kind of not really. You know what I mean? Like you have for myself, I'm married. I have a child. Like I have dogs, I have a mortgage. Like I cannot move to France tomorrow. Like that, that cannot happen for me, but it could happen for you. 
<laughs> you know, I yeah. don't know your personal situation, but like you could much easier than I could. So, so that's the thing about being young is the, the possibilities are truly endless. You can do anything, but you don't really know yourself well enough to know what it is that you want. So that's a problem. And then the other problem is you don't have all the skills necessary to make these crazy moves. You know, you can't, you know, there's, there's that limitation too. And so that part is incredibly difficult. And then that's just sort of a young, per, you know, that has always how it's been for young people. If you have, I should say, if you have a certain amount of privilege, there's a lot of people who don't have those options. And, um, and then, you know, the second part of it is, is the internet and the fact that the internet is, it's amazing. We can see things across the globe. But again, when I was young, if I wanted to, if I wanted to at 18 or even 22, after I graduated from college, if I had this thing of like, I'm going to go raise alpacas in South America, you know, I'd have to like go to maybe the library and find an encyclopedia and learn about this. Like I would have to have some sort of connection to somebody that was telling me about this. Mm -hmm. And then I would have to go about getting it. So it was never a possibility in my mind. But what I see with my clients today is all they, they get, they, they think to themselves, well, maybe I'll go to South Africa. I mean, South America and raise alpacas and they get on the web, you know, they can get on the web and they can, you know, click and bookmark a bunch of, you know, sites, right. The possibilities of what you can do they are endless. And so they stay in their minds as a decision. So now you have all these possibilities in this, in this way of your life here, then there's the whole world in front of you possibilities. So it makes making decisions incredibly difficult. And, and when you're young, you haven't made as many decisions as when you're older and you don't know your, as I said, and you don't know yourself as well. So that's one of the biggest parts is just helping my clients make decisions. And the part that's difficult is, is that you are still learning about who you are as a person. So that's the other part of what I'm doing is I'm helping you kind of try to understand yourself. Like, who am I? What do I value? What do I believe in? And then how do I make decisions based on that? And based on how those things turned out, who are you now? And what do you believe in now? And what is, you know, what shapes you? Okay you know, these things are constant, these things are different. So let's make a different decision. Okay. What do you know about yourself now? Um, now that I'm older, when I make decisions, I, I don't have to dig deep around like, what do I value? What do I believe in? How do I want to live my life? I just make them based on, a, on this set of principles that I've already created for myself. And so this is the part about being young that's really hard is you're trying to accomplish two things at once. You're trying to figure out who you are and what you want. And you're trying to make a bunch of decisions about how you want to live your life. And both these things inform each other and they're constantly going back and forth. So while it may, you may feel like you're thinking like, oh my God, for the last two and a half years, I've been flopping around, trying this, trying that, but you've been, you know, very slowly figuring out is, am I this? No, I'm more like this. Well, then I should do this. No, I'm more like this. No. And it's this constant, um, you know, narrowing things down to like, okay, it's this, I think it's this. And then doing that for a while and seeing like, and, and then, and as you begin to narrow down, you're really getting into the minutia of the little itty bitty parts of it. But but that's hard. It's hard when you're at the very beginning of the, of the journey. Yeah, no. And I, I mean, reflecting on how I felt during my entire experience these past two and a half years, and even listening to you describe that process that we're going through, right. 
to me, it brought up just this like feeling that I have dealt with forever now of just like such anxiety and overwhelm because I'm someone where I don't know if it's like decision fatigue or whatever it is, but like to have, as you said, so many possibilities both in the world around us and portrayed to us through social media and the internet, there have been so many times where I just, it almost feels like I'm stuck. Right. And I, I don't know, it's kind of what you were saying there of like, what, here's what I want, but here's what I think I should do. And here's what society is saying, what I should do. And here's what aunt so-and-so thinks I should do. And like, what decision Mm -hmm. do I settle on? And I think part of that overwhelm also came from the idea. And I'm sure many listening will relate of like this idea that whatever decision we make is almost like we know it's not finite, but it feels it right. Like it, it feels like it's such a, I think commitment. And I, I think we get that from college, right? Like you're making that commitment, you're putting down all the money. It's the years. Yeah. You can leave. But at the end of the day, like if you're three years in, like, are you going to stay? Are you going to go? And so I think that's been part of it for me too. And I'm curious, like if that's something your clients struggle with of, yeah, just like being okay with almost like a temporary decision or just, mm. uh, I don't know, allowing yourself to, yeah. I mean, I guess you were saying that, but just sort of give something a go, try it out before without feeling that pressure of like this decision that I'm going to make is my life for the next five years or, you know, mm. something just like that, that can bring maybe that bit of overwhelm to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, you're talking about, there's sort of two different parts of that, of what you're talking about. The first part being that, so, you know, the problem, I mean, there's always been the, the ants of the world and the mm-hmm. parents and the whatever telling you, you should do this, you should do that. But what one piece of social media is, and this is part that's really hard is we have too much information. There is too much information right now. We went from not enough to too much and we have way too much information and not enough of it's vetted. And because of social media, anybody who's got, you know, the ability to get a thing can be an expert on whatever they want to be an expert on. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what I'm trying to help my clients do is like quiet the white noise of the world of, because no one else has to live your life, but you, your aunt doesn't have to live it. Your parents don't have to live it. The people that you're, that are, that are on social media, they don't have to live it. You have to live it. So that's one of the things that where I have these people who say, well, my parents think I should become an accountant. It's like, well, do they have to get up every day and become an accountant and do this and do this every day? No, you do. So you've got to like it. You know, you've got to appreciate it and want to do it. And that part's really important. So, um, which is why, you know, I think that we hear so much about this and I know it gets hammered home and I, and I, even I roll my eyes at it, but it's like, this is why people are always shoving mindfulness meditation down your throats, because the only way for you to really know what it is that you want is to get quiet, shut off all the white noise of the world and ask yourself these questions of what is it that I want to do? You know, what is it that, that makes me happy? What's going to get me excited and get out of bed every day. And that part's really important. And if you don't shut off the white noise, shut off social media, shut things off and even get quiet with yourself for five minutes a day, you know, you're, you're never going to be able to make choices and decisions that feel right for you. And the other thing about decisions is, is that, and I always say this is that there are no, there are no right or wrong decisions, just the decisions you make. And there are very few decisions in life that you cannot pivot from. 
mm-hmm. pivot, backtrack. I mean, like, listen, having a child, that's a commitment, you know, <laughs> I mean, he's, my child's still here. So that's a huge commitment, you know, certain, th- yes, I will say that's a decision, you know, taking a job, making large purchases, they will affect your life, but it won't, there's always a way to change it, to backtrack it. You can leave a job, you can leave a relationship, you can sell the house, you can do this, you can do that. Yes, it might be uncomfortable for a while. It might be difficult. You might be paying something off. Like, I'm not saying that there won't be pain involved, but there are very few decisions that we make in life that are set in stone that we can't change. And so that's the part that's like, everyone feels the the big issue that I see is, is that everybody wants to be able to make the right decision. I want to know as I'm standing in front of these 20 paths in front of me, I want to know which path I'm going to take. And I, I, I want to know which path I'm going to take. That's going to lead me to where I want to be in life. And the problem is, is that you have to actually go down a path to know you have to try each one and you really have to kind of go down a little bit farther. You can't take two steps in and then panic and go, no, 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 I don't want to do this. You have to go a little bit farther and see, and yeah, you might go down a path that's not quite right. I did. And you pivot, you change. I changed courses. Yeah, I had to backtrack a little bit and you know, didn't make money for a little while, like certain things, but then you you get back and you find a different path. And so the biggest part of this is, is that what I encourage my clients to do is just don't don't stand still. Standing still isn't gonna help you at all. You want to get quiet. You want to get that, that kind of, like, you want to get quiet with yourself. You want to quiet the white noise, but you want to be moving forward in some way, shape or form. So that means not just making random decisions, but really, really saying to yourself, okay, you know, I've narrowed all my choices down to this thing, this thing I'm super excited about. You know, this is the thing I want to do. I feel I have some doubts and fears around it. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I'm going to start taking some steps towards that. And I'm going to keep my eyes open and start figuring it out as I go. And yeah, the, you know, go take some steps, see how it goes. And you'll learn so much more about yourself than, and about what you want, what you don't want by simply standing at the beginning of all those paths. Because that's this, this image I use with my clients a lot. And I see it as a lot of my clients just, they, they, what's happening is they're coming to me because they're just standing still. They're just standing and looking at all the paths in a job that they hate, in a situation that they hate. So fearful of making the wrong choice. Yeah. And I, I love that you said you have to take a few more, maybe a few more than a, you know, one or two steps down that path, because I think so many of us are wary of the discomfort or uncertainty that can come with change and going down any new path is going to bring about change and, you know, one way or many ways. And so that reminder that, yes, if you are pursuing change in any way, like there might be a bit of discomfort or uncertainty or like testing the waters almost. And to just, I don't know, that's like a good reminder, I think, is to let yourself kind of like test things out. You might need to sit with those like uncertainty, discomfort, change feelings for a bit. But once you kind of get over that hump, like you'll then see like either the discomfort, the uncertainty stays and you're like, maybe this isn't the right path or Mm -hmm. things even out and they smooth out. And then, you know, you're, you're good to go from that point forward. But um, yeah, I I think that's like an important part there because I think change can bring about a lot of emotions and sometimes we're just not always, yeah, we just don't give it the time to 
to settle or to work mm-hmm. through or feel that full, that full effect. Well, and the other part of it too, is when you talk about this discomfort, because a lot of times people will be going down the path and they'll feel discomfort mm-hmm. and they'll be like, well, I'm feeling uncomfortable. So this isn't right. Right. And it's like, well, no, not necessarily. You know, I, listen, I've been doing what I've been doing for a long time. Sure. I feel feelings of discomfort and of newness. I get on the podcast. I don't know what it's going to be like. (laughs) Like if I, if I stop myself every single time I felt discomfort, I don't know where I would be. Mm. I would be, you know, somewhere else. So that's the part that's really important is people, there's a great quote. And then there's a great book called emotional agility by Dr. Susan David. And in it, she talks about, I love this quote. It's, you know, um, courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is fear walking. And so what's really important to remember is, is that to be courageous, to, to, to go after the things that you want, it's not about not having any fear. It's simply about just feeling the fear, recognizing it and going forward. So I'll say to my clients, you know, make fear your friend you know, make anxiety your friend. It's going to stay with you. You're going to feel anxious. It's, it's part of life. And if you, you've got to not run from it. And the moment you feel it go in the opposite direction, you've got to just accept it and say, okay, but I've got to keep moving forward and do the things that are going to make me feel uncomfortable because anybody who has a fulfilling career, a you know, a fulfilling life, a fulfilling relationship, you know, family, whatever it is that you want, they're going to tell you that there's a certain amount of uncertainty and anxiety that comes with that. Mm -hmm. And the flip side of it is, is if you can accept that I'm going to feel anxious, but it's not going to kill me, that I'm going to feel uncomfortable, but it won't be the end of the world. If you can accept that, then that's how you get more comfortable right? Mm -hmm. Bravery is a choice, not a feeling. And so you choose to be brave. That's from John Acuff. I want to give him credit. So I, you know, it's, but it, I love that quote because it's a choice that we make to be brave, to go after the things that we want. It's, it's, you know, the, the, the white knight or whatever we're talking about, the person that rushes into the burning building, they feel fear, you know, it's, that's part of it. Um, so that part's really, really important to, for people to realize, because I do know younger generations, they do have a tremendous amount of anxiety. I, you know, we now see because of the internet, because of social media, it creates this anxiety, but a big part of the anxiety is a really, I think around what we tell ourselves about anxiety. And I think that somewhere along the way, all of the information that's been out there, everything that we see on social media, everything is, is made people think that, that having any kind of anxiety is bad. And so therefore the goal of life is to fix it and never feel anxious. And that's not the point. Interesting. Yeah, no. And I, that kind of had me thinking what you were saying there about kind of like making those experiences, your friend, right? Like I was thinking of all the ways that we turn away or we distract from those experiences, right? And like, whether that's in a relationship or in the workplace or in life in general. And I was curious, like, I know you mentioned this before, but with the idea of like toxic productivity even, or I'm sure there are multiple other examples, but are there ways that you see like your, the people you work with and people around you in general, where, you know, they're in this situation and 
they say they want change. They say they want to do something else or something more, but you know, they just, maybe they can't, they're not at that place right now where they can really like embrace that change, that discomfort, that uncertainty. They can't make friends with their feelings. And so instead they turn to distractions mm-hmm. such would like, would toxic productivity, could that possibly be a sort of distraction that way? I'm just kind of curious to see, like, if you see that tendency to distract and almost like turn back when those sometimes, you know, labeled hard feelings come up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I'm working on an article right now about toxic productivity and young people. Cause I, I see this a lot and, yeah. and I think that, <clears throat> you know, it's such a funny thing because we can be busy all the time, right? This is one of the big, big things that's so different about young people that was not part of like what working life was like for me in the beginning of my career, which was at 5.30, you know, at, it was the end of the day. My first job, we would end the day at five, it was 9.30 to 5.30, would end the day at 5.30. We would turn off the lights, lock the door and walk out. And if my boss, I was done for work. I mean, sometimes we work late, but it was rare and I was done. My evening was mine. I was all, you know, I could do whatever I want. My boss had no way of getting a hold of me unless she, unless she called me at home. And then I had to be home to pick up the phone, which she would never think about doing. She would never do that. And so this is a big part that's really changed is, is that the work expectations of young people is you're going to be on call all the time. Mm-hmm. You're going to respond. You're going to get back to people right away. Right. And so that has perpetuated this idea of this kind of hashtag hustle culture of if you're not busy all the time, killing it out there, doing all of these things, then you're not really achieving or being. And Unfortunately, what that's evolved into is, um, you know, a lot of people wondering, like what happens is eventually people burn out, they get tired or they just don't have it in them anymore. And so what happens is they finally kind of stop doing all this stuff, working less, relaxing, you know, doing other things. But the problem is, is the flip side is now we all feel guilty about it all the time, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's no enjoyment. You can't even enjoy the time off. You can't enjoy the day off from work because, you feel guilty because you're still checking the messages and emails are coming in and things are still happening and you can't, you know, or, or there's someone else over here, the martyr who's like, well, I never take a day off. Right. Or whatever it is. And then, then, you know, and then of course the older generations are rolling their eyes and like, Oh God, these millennials and Gen Zers, you know, they, they just, they want so much from the world and blah, blah, blah. So I do, I think it's a real, it's this weird conundrum that we, uh, we've gotten ourselves into and to the point where I have a lot of clients who really just struggle. This is this distraction piece where they really distract, they really struggle with doing nothing, like not so much of the doing nothing. Like it's not that they don't want to do nothing. It's almost kind of like they want to constantly be distracting themselves, their minds, and there's always work to be done. So they want to distract that. And it's really hard to kind of just sit and do nothing. Skip, you know, don't go to the thing that social media tells you you should go and do, you know, don't work constantly. Don't do all these things, just be, and, you know, sit at home and, you know, read a book. And that seems like such a crazy, crazy concept. Um, but in many ways, you know, if you really think about what is self-care and this idea of self-care, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, 
it's being mindful of yourself and what you need and how much sleep that you need. And, you know, when do you get the best sleep and prioritizing that and, you know, eating and all of that. I think we've, we've also gotten a real weird view of what self-care is because it's just been, you know, hashtag to death on social media. Oh, truly. And I, yeah, I mean, exactly what you were saying there. And I talk about this with my friends all the time is that, especially now, like there are so many different avenues to take. Right. And you can, I mean, I, yeah, it's my, my work balance has been so skewed and it's something I'm constantly working on, but I was just talking with a friend the other day. I was like, I'm just sick of feeling guilty every time I'm not in constant motion. And, and then what happens is I do take, I'm like, Oh, I'll take 20 minutes to rest. Mm -hmm. And, and I just get so much anxiety or pressure to be working that I'm like, Oh, I'll just hop on social media. And then I'm just distracting. And then I start feeling bad. And then Mm -hmm. 20 minutes of that turns into like 40 minutes or whatever it is. And it's just such a, it's a toxic cycle. And Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that the other day. I was actually, I went home last week and I had way less distractions, no work, et cetera. And I, when I had those moments, I would just choose to read instead or to spend time with my pets or go outside. And it's like the difference between this 20 minutes of rest and peace versus the 20 minutes of my usual quote unquote rest and peace with social media involved or some mm-hmm. other distraction, the difference is astronomical. Like the, the mindset I leave from that time being so different. And yeah, I think it's, I don't know. There is truly something to be said about like that hustle culture that we've all fallen into and sort of built up to be so much more. And, and yeah, just not being able to disconnect from our work. I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. yeah. Once more told my friend last night, I was like, I go home from work and there's more work and then there's more work following Mm -hmm. that. And I think it comes down to like, there will always be more to do. And we, so many of us are like almost waiting for that break to come, but I've started to realize like, it is up to us. Like we have to choose and we have to, we have to like make the space for that break because Mm -hmm. there will always be more coming in, more coming in. Like the to-do list is never ending. Mm -hmm. So like it, it, it's up to us to take the time, take the initiative of like, I am disconnecting. I'm going off the radar. I'm taking rest. I'm doing this. And so I don't know. It's, it's a real dilemma. (laughs) It is. is. And the challenge really is, is at the core, making that decision and saying, this is who, this is what I need. And, and no matter what anyone thinks about it, no matter what anyone's judgment of it is, is that I need to, this is the choice that I've made and I need to honor it and be okay with it. And Mm -hmm. that's hard because social media has created this, you know, we're now so wrapped up in likes and followers and right. There's this you know, it, it, a comment is considered deemed important if millions of people, you know, a post is deemed important because millions of people have seen it versus this other thing. And so what you're really talking about is you're doing something that is, that you're doing completely on your own. Like you're going out on a limb by yourself and saying, this is what I need And I'm going to honor that. And I may be the only person in the world that supports it. Mm -hmm. And I have to be okay. I really do. And I have to be okay with that. And 
if I continue to make these decisions that will feel super scary and different and, and create anxiety for me and all of these other things, it's the trusting. If I continue to honor my true self, if I continue to make these choices, then those decisions that I make, again, build up our lives and you will start to build towards the life that you want, which is ultimately what everybody wants. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the part you know, there is no real secret formula to it. It's really about, you know, shutting off the white noise and, and listening to this, this true you, this true part of who you are and making decisions based on that. Yeah. That almost, yeah. Kind of makes me think of just that difference between like internal, internalized trust or internalized validation versus that constant seeking of outside of ourselves, like Mm -hmm. external, external validation or external approval, whatever it is. Um, no, so that is very powerful. Um, yeah, lots to think about, honestly, with, between, yeah, the feelings and social media and all to go with it. But, uh, just thank you so much for taking the time today to talk about this. And it it is something that I, I, I think it'd be hard, 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 hard to find somebody that's not resonating with one of these, uh, one of these struggles. So where can people find you learn more? Um, I know you have a few offerings. People can work with you too, I believe. So, yeah, yeah. I, um, I have my schedule. Um, I will say that, that, um, I have a lot of stuff coming out in the next couple months. The best thing to do would be to, um, follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram after all of this, but I, I promise you, (laughs) I will, I try very hard to, um, be very mindful of what the content that I put out there. Um, so I, it's Tess underscore Brigham on Instagram and I'm always posting and I do reels and lots of videos, lots of great free content on there. And, um, the other thing is go to my website and get on my mailing list. I have, I do this thing Sunday mornings with Tess Sunday morning. I give you, you know, something to think about and work on for the week. And then I give you resources and where I am, you know, where I am, where to find me and and all of that kind of stuff. And that'll have lots of announcements of all the, the, you know, the programs and products and all of that, that I'll be launching in the next couple months. But those are really simple, easy, free ways to get a lot of this information and knowledge. Awesome. Well, thank you. It's always good to have some resources out there. Yes. So absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome.